0: Brick and Mortar Reporter, Episode 33.
1: Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we show you how to build your business brick by brick. Put on your hard hat and grab your tool belt because you are about to enter the construction zone. And now, here's your host, Christy Hossler.
0: Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to let you know that you can actually find us on Facebook and through our Facebook link, you will be able to see every single episode as it gets released first thing every single morning. So if you want to like us on Facebook, we appreciate the likes. We appreciate comments. You can uh, reach us there any way you want to. Facebook.com forward slash brick and mortar reporter will find us on Facebook. Also, if you're a Twitter user, It's very easy to find us at BAM Reporter, at BAM Reporter for Brick and Mortar Reporter. So those are two ways you can get in touch with us and stay in touch with us and keep up with the latest episodes on the Brick and Mortar Reporter podcast. Now off to the interview. Hi there, localists. Welcome to the Brick and Mortar Reporter podcast. My name is Christy Hosler, and I'm your host today. And today we have a guest for you that's going to knock your socks off. Today we have Robin Bilinga. She is the owner of Petal Chic in Greenville, South Carolina. Now, Petal Chic is the first bike shop that was for women only in the whole country and what she's done is she has created a business model of bike shops geared toward women that has paved the way for many other stores like it to open up all across the country now pedal chic has won a ton of awards it's been named the best bike shop the best bike shop for women it's got all kinds of accolades because she's done such a fantastic job in setting up her business and, you know, Robin has a great business, but she also has a great story because this venture came out of her having to reinvent herself. So we're thrilled to have you here today, Robin, and we're so excited to hear your story. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: Oh, thank you so much. I'm, I'm very humbled by your introduction. Lovely. Well, I
0: could have gone on a whole lot more, but, you know, in the ins- essence of time, we will go ahead and let you do a little more. I mean, we want to kind of hear the story of you because I think your story is probably um, so the story that so many women can relate to because you're in the same position, we're in the same position that many of them are in. So can you tell us a little bit about your yourself, your personal history, your professional history, kind of give us the update?
2: Well, I, um, as I mentioned to you earlier, I'm, I'm a single mom. I have three kids, and I can tell you that with three children, I have three very, very different personalities that I'm dealing with. And I have one child that I, I jokingly calls a a mini me, spit out <laughs> of my mouth. And I have long brown hair, and she said, "Oh, but mother, I have long golden flowing hair like Cinderella, and you don't." <laughs> so. uh Yeah, but but what I see in her is a lot of what I saw in myself when I was really young. I was always Mm -hmm. kind of an entrepreneur. I was babysitting Mm -hmm. when I was 10 and always looking for a way to figure out something. I always had a yearning in my gut that I was supposed to Mm -hmm. do something really cool. Mm
1: -hmm. I
2: thought, and I joke with you, and you can cut this if you want to, but I always thought I was going to be the next great uh, country and western singer like a Tanya. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wow. I love, <laughs> I, I love her. I do too. I do too. I grew up, I grew up in West Texas, and that's that's what I thought. Yeah,
1: uh,
2: that's all. Awesome. That's that's where I thought I was going. But anyway, um, life moved on, and uh, my father was a, a college professor in academia, and we moved around quite a bit when I was younger. And I remembered. Well, um, I, I sought careers. I sought careers more to please than to be pleased. Okay. And I struggled. I feel for my children now who are in middle school and high school that they're being pressured to choose what they need to do for the rest mm-hmm. of their life. Because sure. we didn't have, we didn't have that when we were growing up. We were encouraged to go to college because you had to mm-hmm. go to college to get a good job. So right. we were encouraged to go to college to make good grades. And then you know, go to graduate school. I well, I always wanted to pursue a law degree, and I always had my eye on a huge prize at Harvard or Yale. And I didn't get accepted to Harvard or Yale, so I said, "Well, I'll just be something else." So I was a flight attendant. Oh wow! <laughs> but I know that's the next choice, right? So I yeah, went, <laughs>
0: exactly. Harvard, <laughs> Yale,
2: or the airlines, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> so I was a flight attendant for Southwest Airlines, and my first couple of years at college, I had the best time. And it was such an amazing learning experience for me because I was at a very young age in that airline's career and I actually had the the lovely opportunity of meeting Herb Kelleher in person and seeing how he operated that airline. He took a business that had been run the way it had been run for years and years and years and it was very broken. Mm -hmm. Nobody was making money everybody had all these strict regulations well he had strict regulations on us as well but we got to have fun and there were people standing in line to get jobs working for this company wow. and we we didn't wear the typical uniforms we didn't have the typical flight paths in the 70s 80s it was all about fun and nobody had the first class and all the other other stuff it's a long story but he right. but he built a culture oh. and and it was so cool. I, re- I was thinking the other day about him, and um, I would love a moment of this man's time again, but um, oh, wow. when, when they took smoking off the airplane, he he was on one of my flights, and he was a huge smoker. Oh, wow. And so he was on the plane handing out suckers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Trying to make
2: it through, wasn't he? <laughs> Trying to make it through. But he, he, but he got there with his passengers. He got there with his employees, and he... Again, built a culture. So fast mm-hmm. forward a few more years. I go back to graduate school. I I I go get a job and selling chemicals for heaven's sakes. And selling chemicals. I I sold pumps, valves, and heat exchangers, and commercial real estate. Never, never fully satisfied.
0: Mm-hmm. Got married. I Can't to imagine go. why. Right? I know. Right? <laughs> but
2: life. No, well, life Riley. But um, seems like the the the, the sales jobs were getting more. Expansive and the money was less. And mm. I had a life change with my family and I became a single mother and the opportunities were even paying less. And again, yeah. the sales territories were more expansive and, and I couldn't, for the money they were paying me travel or, or, or what have you. And sure. I, I found myself in a situation where I'd gotten laid off and I, I went to work at a bike shop and, um, this is dropping a few of the details along the way, but right. I my first—I I got my first bike when I was when I was ten years old, and and was okay. a be- beautiful Schwinn road bike. Road bike being the air, the drop handlebars, and oh yeah, um, and I, I remember vividly when I got it, and it was sort of my escape, my freedom, and that's what people will tell you: is a bike is an escape, it's freedom, it's a
1: mm-hmm. very
2: powerful mode of transportation when you're young. Sure. Well, for me, it was my way, with the group Southern Baptist, we had to be at church every Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and every revival, Absolutely. and <laughs> right. so sometimes I would sneak away on Sundays and hope I could get away. Mom and Dad would find me, and they'd be like, drop the bike, let's go, if it's here when we get back, it's here, and, you know, God's watching uh-huh. over you, whatever, so I kept that bike forever and ever, and it, it, it came to it again, stopped, came back to it again, stopped, um, after my divorce and my kids were little and I was seeking solace and empowerment and that kind of thing and finding myself again. And I, I had purchased another bike prior to getting married and, and, and had that dusty old steel bike and, and went to a bike shop to just say, okay, I'm going to get a new bike. And I went in and I, I, I admit I I'll, I'll had a bit of sticker shock. Uh huh. Right. And I said, I, I really, <laughs> like a lot of people do. Yeah, correct, correct. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you know, uneducated, unknowledgeable. But I just really learned a bike, and like I learned a bike, got a car. So I go in, and it's very, very much the typical. And I quote this as typical. Not everywhere, but it it, it has turned out to be the motivating factor in me changing my life. But a, a basic bike shop is is like an automotive repair store, and. Okay. And there are aficionados or experts that are, you know, walking around and us as women.
1: hmm
2: New CEO of GM. There you go. Mhm.
1: When <laughs> when they
2: introduced her they said we have a female gal. Really? You've a gal. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why we have so much farther to go. But
0: Yes, exactly.
2: Right. So, um yeah, I, I went into this shop and, and they really couldn't explain to me in language that I could understand why, you know. I would need to purchase one of these bikes or or what have you. Mm-hmm. So I said, let's just bring mine into the 21st century, and then I will ride it. If I ride it, for, I told myself, i I'd ride it for a year. If I do this for a year, then I'll rethink. Um, um, make a bigger a, investment. Correct. Which was close to my 40th birthday. So I go out to Cleveland Park in Greenville, and I'm riding around, and I run into an old friend of mine. She just lost her husband to cancer, and she was on an old mountain bike with no helmet, so fussed at her about the helmet, and we started riding <laughs> together, and we became fast friends, and it became our therapy together. I mean, we would ride. Oh, wow. And we would meet. at Back in those days, we didn't have a trail. Uh, it was Cleveland Park girls. So you drove out to Traveler's Rest to park your car at Furman, Paris
0: Mountain or something. Right. <laughs> yes.
2: And like, no, shoot, no, we never did Paris Mountain at that point. I never thought I could, <laughs> But... Uh, but we, uh, well, I say that when I was in my twenties, I get Caesar's head, but that was another. Oh yeah, wow, that's a. Mm. Yeah, that was a long time ago. But, <laughs> but Cheryl, my girlfriend, and I uh, really bonded over this, and so again, fast forward to when I was going through these corporate layoffs, and and the the the, the rug had not been pulled out from underneath us yet as a country. Mm-hmm so i had a little bit of time to experiment and think and i went to the bike shop where when i turned 40 i i had been cycling for a year and i went and bought myself the bike okay i had the bike i, I sold. i went for the carbon fiber the whole 9 yards oh wow huge investment but that I, I was on it 3 days a week and okay. and it was my My mind reformed, my body reformed my soul reformed, and it it really became uh, something that helped me
1: mm-hmm. as a
2: woman get through something very difficult and right feel good about again in ways that really are very difficult to express to people that have not been humbled by a very messy divorce or a very mm-hmm. humbling layoff. I mean, it's hugely humbling. Yes. I have a master's degree, for heaven's sakes. I at mean, 4.0. How come I can't get a job?
0: Right. Exactly.
2: So I go to work for the bike shop. He said, I take tons of corporate refugees.
0: And <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> you probably hadn't thought of yourself like that yet, had you?
2: <laughs> no, I had not. I, I, I was not an, a winningly corporate refugee. But it was so. It was a fun place to hang out, and I, I enjoyed the experience very much. I enjoyed hanging with the guys because it was very powerful for me to know that I can ride with some people that were had a perception that they were a lot stronger than me, and it it,
1: sure. it, it is
2: an empowering thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, I began to. I, I came up from the limited when I went to Ohio State. I worked at store number one. Oh goodness! And, wow. When I came to Clemson in graduate school many, many years later, I worked at store number five hundred and one.
0: <laughs> wow.
2: So I had those years of retail which made me think I knew retail. <laughs> huh.
0: Right, yeah.
2: It... Yes. Yeah. Oh, um wow. it, it, nah, we ha we I would talk to my friends, I'm like, hey, you know, I don't like the cycling clothes. They don't look good on women. I'm sick and tired of being a billboard for somebody's advertisements. I don't want to be a racer. Mm-hmm. I just want to ride. Yeah. And I want to help other people discover the beauty and the freedom of just getting out on a bike for a couple of hours, even an hour. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: The empowerment of, of getting a flat tire and being able to change it without having to ask for someone's help. Yes. <laughs> yes. Understanding something mechanical for the first time in my life. So I started thinking, wouldn't it be cool? And I started doing some research. And there were two or three companies, only two or three, that were making specific products for women. One's been around for many, many years called Terry. Mm-hmm. Georgina Terry is a polio uh, survivor, actually. And oh, she, wow. about it two, she created the first women specific geometric bike ever. Whoa. In the 70s, I don't remember the exact year, but she forms them out of steel. She took that dream, and she has not got full use of her right leg. She clips her right leg into a pedal and rides. Oh, wow. People say, when people say, I can't do it, I'm like, wait a minute.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's there's worse people that can do it still.
2: Correct, correct. So she built this huge enterprise of a women-specific cycling A bike company and an apparel, and it's all been online. She never opened a store. She really did pave the way. She really is a good entrepreneur. And I am so proud to call her my friend now.
0: Wow, that is crazy, isn't it? Oh, man. Yeah,
2: yeah, it really is. But I started talking to her company and looking at their product and their product mix. And, hey, maybe it could go work for you, but it Mm -hmm. was it was a very risky buy our product and then get on the road and sell it. And I had those three kids at home. They're very young. Yeah. Time. So it wasn't feasible. And I began to envision the bike shop only with a completely different interior, completely different feel. Mm-hmm. And when people would come in the shop, the women would come to me. Just, I didn't like, know. So they're glad
0: much. to see some of their people. <laughs>
2: correct. Yeah. Correct. And and um and I really started to take notice. And at that time, I wasn't as educated as I should have been. Hmm. But it, it it there was when the idea was hatched, and I still felt like I needed to go back into corporate to support my children and,
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) excuse me, you cannot go out on a limb when there are opportunities out there that you can take. And and I'm saying that for a reason. Mm -hmm. After another horrific layoff, a company hired, filled their sales force, huge sales sales. Meeting and then let everybody go and merged two or three companies. And it was, it was was almost debilifying Mm -hmm. uh, being curled up and just thinking, why am I here? Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Yeah. And not again. Mm
1: -hmm. And,
2: and the day that unemployment cut me off when I knew I still had cash in my unemployment account because they were reviewing my case. And the thing that made me the maddest. Was the guy when I knew the guy that used to come by asking to clean my windows or asking for medicine for a sick child that he did not have because I would say, I'll go with you to CVS, we'll get your medicine. That guy yeah.
0: uh-huh. was getting
2: money from the unemployment line and he was in the same line as I was and I was cut off.
0: And he wasn't, yeah. Oh, and I man. was, and what do you do? Yeah.
2: The company, the country, talks about our unemployment rates going down. When I knew in my heart, but no, we're not going down. We're just getting shut mm-hmm. out of the system.
0: Exactly, exactly. You're falling off the roll. Yeah,
2: correct. So, what are we to do? And I was getting interviewed by people of of half the degrees or intelligence that I had, half my age, and getting turned down for jobs with base pay of fifteen thousand. That Oh and I, man! And with a base of fifteen, not even enough
0: just it, to live off of. Yeah.
2: Crap, crap. Oh. So it was a horrible time, wow. and and I got—I'll admit—I got very, very, very depressed, as mm-hmm. most people do. Sure. And and I thank God for my faith and my God for giving me the strength to put my energies into. Uh, my family helped me for a little bit. I, I. Mm-hmm. got into um, physical fitness. I had been afraid of the water my whole life. Oh, I failed, really? I failed swimming one five times as a child.
0: Wow. And
2: I decided to do triathlon. So oh, man. <laughs> I <laughs> absolutely... staring in the face right there, I tell you. <laughs> if, if you could feel my heartbeat, and I would go to these master's classes at, at, at the Y when all these people that had graduated from colleges all over the country in swimming, and oh. were up for the Olympics in swimming, and they'd be like, "Okay, here are your lanes, and then here's your lane, Robin, and you can come <laughs> over here,"
0: because <And, laughs>
2: because it, it was a wide, it couldn't kick me out. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I had my own special pool, but I. I, I, I improved for me, and I started doing these triathlons, and it was such a feeling of accomplishment to face that fear and mm-hmm. to then think, you know, how can I how can I put this into something for my life? You know, I felt mm-hmm. strong again. I felt the idea again
1: mm-hmm.
2: about this women-specific bike shop.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Well, I was at the beach with my family, and my kids were running around, and this is April of 2010. My family, we our phones weren't real smart, but they got enough information right. to be dangerous, and at the beach, it was like uh-huh. hit or miss. So there was an email from the Greenville Spinners, which is our big cycling road cycling group, and it said, sure. we would like to announce the first ever women-specific block. Couldn't open the rest of the email. I'm like, What? Oh, man, somebody else has taken my idea. This is such a small town. <laughs> it will never work. Now, meanwhile, I've not been doing research all, all around the country. This has just been a brainchild. And mm-hmm. wouldn't it be cool if? So I went upstairs, I opened my whole email, and it was a the announcement of the first women-specific group, subgroup, within Greenville Spinner's called GS Salon. Okay. They had a mission, they had a vision, they had a logo. I said, somebody has thought this way too through. Somebody's next had up in a shop. If I'm going to do it, it's now or never.
0: Wow.
2: I'm telling my dad, I'm like, dad, man, this is my, this is my aha moment. This is it. because who is going to fund a single mother with three children who's been laid off two times? I said, I don't know, but I'm about to try. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I... Uh, contacted a friend of mine that owns several franchises in town that I had helped him locate his spaces many, many years ago. His name's Marlon Neiman. And, um, he has the Atlanta Bread Company in town. And I, I called him. Okay. And his wife and I said, look, you know, I've got this idea. Would you help me? For sure. So I slept my stuff to his restaurant for a month, almost every day for oh, a wow. month. Oh, wow. And we went through performance and we put this whole thing together. And, looking back now, oh my gosh, God protects the stupid, but, <laughs> <laughs> I, I put up the idea, for, and I had a tiny bit of money left, in my stocks, and whatever from, before, and I said, you know, I can, I can have this, and live on it, and it's going to be gone, or I can try this, and see what happens, so uh-huh. I, I came up with a name, and I, uh, was toying with the logo, and actually, took the logo out of a, Hello, that was on the front porch um wow i I wanted the name cycle chic but i googled it and there were like 20 pages it's a movement out of uh, the netherlands to bike chic so cycle chic is a movement i said
0: okay
2: no i don't i don't want anything that's been known and so we were playing out had a friend of mine in advertising she's cycling kind of a negative connotation anyway so (laughs) pedal pedal and i'm look staring at the pillow when we're looking at the word pedal. And um I took the gear from the crank into the pedal and am like, that's the perfect blend between hard and soft. It's the perfect blend. And uh-huh. I put the name pedal chic in. There was nobody else had it said that night I bought it on Joe daddy. And I, yep. LLC the name and filled out the contracts, took it to the state, whatever, contacted my mm-hmm. friends back at Terry and two other companies. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I need some clothes <laughs> and I'm gonna start with apparel. And I started in one quarter of a base at the US pro Cycling Tour on September first, twenty wow. oh, twenty ten.
0: Wow.
2: Completely. It was
0: just a booth. It was just a booth at this.
2: I was in a corner of a
0: day.
2: I was in a corner of a day. (laughs) And completely sold out of all of my apparel, Cycling jerseys Mm -hmm. and accessories and boleros and tops and things that people had never, ever seen. I've never seen anything for women just scouring these people and these people were giving me credit and this is a great idea and we'll try it and all of a sudden I'm like well okay and they were all these amazing things that happened that made me not only believe in the idea but make me believe that God had a role in this idea and not Uh only for for my success maybe for this to mean more than just a store and Uh I, I had an attorney mention to me that I might pitch the idea to Michelin Development Group mm-hmm. for funding.
0: So I did. Wow, that's a huge step. Talk about scary, I would think. <laughs> oh my gosh!
2: Yes, I, I reached out to Score. <laughs> I got an advisor for Score, and I reached out to Michelin. I put together a proposal for them, and and then I went out to Interbike, the biggest bike expo mm-hmm. in Las Vegas. Not a fan, but I went to Las Vegas for yeah. <laughs> the Big Back Expo and here I am with these cards that I made on VistaPrint with the logo in okay. black and white that I just kinda created and and um and a dream and a vision and just I had sold some clothes and I made appointments with the people I had sold clothes for and was walking around with this whole plan that I pitched to Michelin that You know, I'm going to – the first women-specific bike shop, and I'm going out to Vegas specifically to get information on women in cycling, and there was none. I talked to the National Bike Dealers Association. I talked to Bikes Belong and all the other League of American Cyclists and Leisure Trends and every possible group I could find in the U.S. Mm -hmm. or global to find out what the trends were for women in cycling. There's nothing. Well, a, a friend, a friend of mine, Jenny Schumacher, who had a, a place called Roadways, it was a triathlon training center in the West End, mm-hmm. allowed me to or, or welcomed me into her shop, so I could share part of her shop until until okay. sell my sell my apparel until I could figure out what was next, mm-hmm. and it it was all so risky because there was no next. I mean, it was just fine. <laughs> <blind. laughs> And I would go to work and sit there and just hope that somebody called or somebody heard about it or somebody got excited about it. And um, She called me one day when I was out at Interbike and she said, you got a letter of permission. Can I open it? Can I open it? And they had invited <laughs> me. They had not turned me down. They had invited me to meet in front of the steering committee to present and pitch my idea. So come back wow. and I'm so excited, but I have, Nothing to show them, so I go to the next best thing. I've got SCORE, I've got this presentation of one. <laughs> so I go to the Clemson Small Business Center, and 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 there are all these resources that are free.
0: Right. SCORE
2: yeah. Small Business Development Center, and you can call on these people, and and they really helped me a lot. They helped me put together my my um, PowerPoint because I said I'm so nervous, and it's been I'm yeah. so rusty at PowerPoint. Yeah, you can you help me? Yeah. Right, so we put together this presentation, and my tagline became, "Roadways are the new runways," because.
0: Oh, I love
2: it! Yeah. Well, not only did I want to do cycling, but I, I've been a yoga instructor and pilate aerobics since the '80s. So, mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. I I always hated the fact that I would go teach a class and drop off my kids at school or and, and be in my workout clothes and look. Like I was painting, right? <laughs> and you know, I wanted to to be fashionably fit, and all uh-huh. the the women that have the luxury of staying home with their children or whatever, and they can, you know, or, or we hang out in our workout clothes all day. I wanted that to to be fitness, so I wanted it to be more of just a bike shop. I wanted wanted it to be a bike shop and a, and a lifestyle activewear boutique. Think Title Nine or Athleta, but a bike shop.
0: Right, right. Wow.
2: So I go to this presentation with I don't know, twelve, fourteen business people. Mm. And
0: oh my gosh. Zero my stomach's in in knots right now just thinking about it.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh. Zero data on the growth of women in cycling. So oh I no. I wear this fabulous running outfit with a with these bootleg cut pants and a skirt and a pair of high heels and a Jewelry and, <laughs> and a running vest. I go in and I'm like, this is my running outfit and roadways and new runways, and we are going to change the world with pedal chic, and I'm going to inspire people, and we are an empowerment center for women. We're not just a bike shop, and here's what we're going to do, and here's the place we're going to run. It's going to be great. And thank God they believed me. I said, there's no data <laughs> out there. I said, either it's the worst idea I've ever, ever had, or it's 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 absolutely going to be life changing. And wow. by the grace of God, these people believed in me and they, so all this happened in September. They funded me on a Monday before Thanksgiving. I had okay. already called.
1: <laughs>
2: I'd already found a place to lease and I'd already called the, um, uh, occupancy, sky oh, yeah, giving that's... occupancy permits. Yes. They they funded me on Monday afternoon at 4 o'clock. I went and got an occupancy permit and signed my lease the next morning at 9 o'clock.
0: And oh, my gosh. Because my wow. kids were
2: going to their dad's house for Thanksgiving that week, and I was going to get it painted and And I had my ribbon cutting with the mayor on oh. Friday the 9th of December. Wow. Wow. And I, I do not recommend that. But yeah. <laughs> I was going to get started, and I was going to be there at Christmas, and it was great Christmas. January and February, wow. it's snowed.
0: Oh, yeah. I you are probably second-guessing yourself completely on that.
2: Oh, yeah. And I had an incredible mechanic, incredible mechanic. He and I had worked together before at the other bike shop and loved him dearly in his life and always will. And he was with me that first year. And the first year, nobody knew what to think of this. And I was actually at a cocktail party and one of the guys from my spinners club and all these guys you know, who opens a chick's bike shop, you know, all of us are thinking you're going <laughs> to be out of business in six months. I'm like, dude, sure. you have no idea what you just did for me. <laughs> I <had> a bad <laughs> day. A this pipes. is this is called ignition. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, and then uh, in September, I was headed back to interbike that year, and I, our our HVAC went out very hot, and oh. then our roof was being replaced, and um, so we were without HVAC for about four weeks, and then our roof was being replaced, and they, it was not being done well, and then it started raining, so October 16th, it was my daughter's birthday, and I was there, like I was was there. I was always just overjoyed if somebody would come in because I didn't have the money to advertise, and people right. would come by and go, "Well, this is unique," but not yeah, a whole yeah, whole what is it? Not a whole lot of people went that far down to the West End at that point. But
0: right? Yeah, the West End was new at that point, wasn't it? It was kind of underdeveloped yeah, at that point.
2: Still, still very, very new. I mean. There the are places that have been there, postcard and cook station and bricks have been there for years and it was really becoming alive. But, uh, six o'clock, I guess, I called and said, so I have a little leak and I'll call you back. And within 20 minutes, my whole shop was gone.
0: Oh,
2: <gasps> no. Oh, you didn't know that? Yeah, it was horrible. No, I did not know that. And I had put, wow, a solid year and, Four months, I guess, five months, six months, whatever, at that point. And I was sitting on the floor. I went over to Facebook. I don't know why. I went over to Facebook. I said, what do you do when your whole feeling is crashing around your head? And somebody said, you call the fire department. And I'm like, I don't. So one of my friends called the fire department. (laughs) And I'm sitting there when they got there on the floor and lights and electrical wires are falling and all I could think of at that moment was, you know, I don't know what she's my kid's wear. I was a stay-at-home mom for years. I mean, I I have been so immersed in this and so trying Mm -hmm. so hard. And now... It's gone. Yeah. And... It would have been very, very, very easy to quit.
0: Sure, absolutely, and
2: completely justified. Mm Mm-hmm. And financially, probably would have been smarter at the point just to say, (laughs) you know what? But I, I just couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't be beat. And I have a mentor now. He's in Washington D.C. He has. Several, very, very successful. He's one of the most renowned tech shop owners in the country, and he has been gracious enough to be my mentor for a few years now. And he said, "I don't, I don't okay. know if you refuse to quit, or if you if you just really got something that powerful. I'm just not quite sure <laughs> what it is about <laughs> you, but you're the most tenacious person." So that but, but I, I I had already seen lives being touched. I'd already seen uh-huh. the difference we could make when people walk in. Women would walk in. I, I mean, it, it, by that point, we'd been in Southern Living and Garden and Gun, and then uh-huh. uh, I, I, I'm, I, it wasn't until the next year that we got our first award. But
1: it,
2: it, I'm, I'm glad I stayed with it. I'm glad I stayed with it for not only for myself, right. but for the purpose of validating that this concept can work. Now, I opened this store in Greenville, South Carolina, not knowing that there wasn't one. I thought my my marketing was that there wasn't another women's store in the southeast. There there wasn't another women's store in the country at that point.
0: Right. Well, and and you really didn't even know if your niche was big enough to support an entire store, did you? I mean, at that point...
2: Absolutely not. And and quite frankly, if we were in a bigger city, it probably Mm -hmm. wouldn't be the struggle it's been in Greenville, South Carolina. We are a very small town.
0: Sure, yeah. And
2: we have 15 bike shops, I think. Mm Mm-hmm. 15. Wow. Now, I talk to people that I mentor myself and support in other cities where there are two million. And,
0: and they have fifteen, right.
2: Eight, eight to ten bike shops and hey, how uh-huh. do I do this? And and yeah. and, and they're big they're, they're more cycling friendly. We're we're right, a huge yeah. road cycling it, town and to some degree a bit of a mountain biking town. But as far as living by bike and commuting and that kind of thing, we got we're liking it away. Yeah.
0: Yes, exactly.
2: And what has always amazed wow. me is that the big cycling communities are in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> it's cold yeah, there. That and that in, is
0: crazy. And
2: in Minneapolis and and in Seattle where it rains all the time and, and Portland, yeah. Portland, yeah. yeah. And, and you just want to say, gosh, it's 50 degrees and they can do it. And it's cloudy and we're like, mm, yeah, I'm not going outside in my car. <laughs> yeah, so.
0: exactly true. Well, so Robin, when you got to the point where that store, you had nothing left after the rain came and the roof went and everything else. What did you do to start rebuilding? I mean, how did you get it rebuilt?
2: Oh, my gosh. It was just by the faith in the people that had been around me. My employees stayed with me. Now I sold some of what left I had in the world to pay their salaries to keep them with me.
0: Yes, Uh uh-huh. Right. I
2: just hired. Remember my girlfriend I told you about that I went riding with through the park when I first so started sure. getting. She came to work for me. She had uh, oh, wow. she had been um, through another corporate downsizing and came to work for me and I just hired her like that week. So oh,
1: no. I, I felt
2: obligated. So even though I wasn't paying sure. me, I made sure they were taken care of. Which is mm-hmm. so funny because I just picked up a book yesterday at Barnes and Noble by Simon Sinek, and I love Simon. He he's he did yes,
0: this
2: yes, wonderful yes. TEDx seminar about to start with one, yes, remember? And it yes, it absolutely. Says, it says leaders eat last, and I picked that up just because I'm like, yes, yes, we do. Yes, did. we do. <laughs> <laughs> if we get to eat it all. Uh Yeah, so moms,
0: you know it's the same principle. Absolutely, so I (laughs) picked up
2: the book just to hold it. But um, so I'm, I'm so excited about getting into this book. But the, um, but you do when you believe in something so much. I didn't wake up one day and say I want to open a bike shop and follow a model. There was no model. My mentor has a model about bike shops, and he has taught me so Mm -hmm. much. But the difference is, we are a boutique and we are a bike shop right and we look and smell and sound different and i am now at the point well i'm fast forwarding a little bit and i'll go back to your question mm-hmm. but i'm now at the point where i'm teaching men in the industry how to sell to women
0: interesting
2: wow. isn't that interesting and isn't it that, is. and isn't that beautiful it is. It really
0: is. Because, it, I mean, it's amazing that they're perceptive enough to realize they need to know that. Oh, oh, oh
2: well, a oh, few are. But, yeah, <laughs> but people I, that are coming to you are right. Well, people, people. It it ha, it has really been amazing, and and what I cl- clung to for so long was that all these people from across the country were reaching out across the world or reaching out to me, Spain, Italy, Europe, uh, excuse me, England, Canada, whatever. I've never seen anything like this. I wish I had something like this. And I said, you know, this is just way too powerful. This is bigger than me. And my dad would always say, don't, there's way too much going on here. You need to be on your knees. Thank God every day for this. And I said, yeah, Mm -hmm. I really think so. And it, has mm-hmm. propelled me in really, really dark times because there have been many. Through, you know, difficult employment situations, through difficult financial times, through difficult, you know, do I stay open one more week? How in the world am I going right. to? How am I going to do this? And feeling so alone in the world, is somebody the next day coming in and going. And, and holding a copy of that article from Money Magazine from, uh-huh. that's dog-eared, and she drove down from Massachusetts and said, I came to see a friend because I thought I could meet you. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And I can't tell you the number of times that's happened. And that foolishly maybe fuels me to mm-hmm. to keep going because this is a very difficult town. To have mm-hmm. a niche business, especially since I've been here for so long, because right, it's, it's almost like the, the the person you grew up with that all of a sudden is doing something great and you're like, well, and you know, I just grew up with them, so whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. They don't realize the impact.
2: Yeah, and because we are not a huge commuter cycling, bicycle friendly for children town. Sure. It's taking a really long time for people to warm up. And, you know, if I get somebody that goes into a big box store and says, you know, I want your prices versus a big box store, I'm like, really? God, we're so beyond that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and showroom me. I mean, you know, when they get those phones out, QR code, something in my shop, it's like, God, I am a single mom Mm -hmm. raising children that go to school with your kids. Mhm. And you yeah. called me for a donation. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, and I gave, right? <laughs> and, and you're
2: taking your phone and doing a QR code to yeah. check and see if I can meet a price on Amazon? Come on
0: now. Yeah. And yeah.
2: that's exactly your point when you started this interview is Yes, yes. It, 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 it's, and I cannot tell you the number of people that come to my shop that would never darken my door as a neighbor. But um Love your store. Would you give? Would you give? Would you give? And I'm like, gosh, yes, I yeah. will. I will. <laughs> My accountant says, no, you won't. You're gonna wait. <laughs> Please stop. And and well, he, yeah. he yeah, he's right. We have to give in different ways, but.
0: Yes, but you know that's a that is a tough thing because there is a perception out there, especially um, if you have a business that has. I mean, you've now been around what four years, it's right? I mean, you're in, yes. in your fourth spring, and there is a perception that if you have a business that's been around, and and let's face it, your business looks pretty darn cute. <laughs> y- you know what I mean? It doesn't look like a ragtag, you know, di- dilapidated, disheveled bike shop. It is. Pretty. And you go in there and it just looks really nice. And so for somebody to see that there is a perception that you must have really deep pockets and you must be making a lot of money and they forget that there's there's a small business owner here. That's given your essentially your life and in, in traded out, you know, you're working 60, 70, 80 hours a week to try to add value to the community and to add value to women's lives and to empower women through your work there in the bike shop and to just see you as somebody to, oh, well, let me go hit up them for a donation. Oh, that that gets on my nerves for you. Well, <laughs> no, it's, and, and it's not. That I we, know there's causes that yeah, you want to support, absolutely, oh, but and, and
2: and and we so want to, but mm-hmm. it's it's so. I tell you, social media is the is the beauty and the in the bane of the world. Mm-hmm. It, when you work every Saturday and Sunday, and I got my master's from mm-hmm. Clemson, and I, gosh, I'd love to go tailgate Sunday. I'd love to go. I, sure. I'd love to have a week off and go to the beach more than. Yeah, anything in the world, but it's not in the cards for me right now, and that's okay. But I hope and I pray that all this will be worth it
1: Absolutely. for the
2: years that I'm spending away from my children, and the the, mm-hmm. the, the age that I'm getting on me now <laughs> seems to be hitting more <laughs> rapidly. But yeah, but is you you hope that 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 it is going to be worth it and then, and there is something bigger in the end, and, 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 you know, again, when I, my father reminded me to stay on my knees and stay thankful for everything that was given to me, what, what what is that exactly, and I believe that it is in the power of the story, it is in the power of, of re-educating and training people, uh, we, we were all there when the, Gas prices went up to five dollars a gallon, Mm -hmm,
0: and at that time
2: I was in outside sales and I couldn't afford to fill up my car to go make the sale. Mm -hmm. Sure. And all that rings a bell with how dependent we are on bigger forces, foreign oil, and all this other stuff. So sure,
0: absolutely. I I mean,
2: I, I know I'm speaking in global reaches, but. When I when I went for my loan there was no data, none, none, none about women in cycling. Now
1: mm-hmm.
2: back in um I don't remember if it was February of thir- I think it might have been February of thirteen, there was an incredibly brilliant uh, uh, consulting team and they aren't all brilliant, but this one particular one <laughs> is they they're they're very honed in on the key performance indicators that make, that make bike shops profitable and the, the two or three things that you really have to pay attention to because the majority of people in our industry say, oh, I want to open a bike shop and, you know, they hang out and may or may not be well-funded but, you know, that mm-hmm. bikes for their friends and support racing teams or whatever and it's kind right. of like a guy's hangout. So mm-hmm. there, then there yeah. are a few that are very, very professional and, then there are a few that are very niche, and mm-hmm. these guys did a webinar with the League of American Cyclists, and the league has now, in the last three years, started a, a, a division for women called Women Bike. I started okay. A, I started a professional organization a few years ago for women in the cycling industry. Mm-hmm. That were entrepreneurs because there were a handful of us at the time, right. which is now growing and growing and growing. And so we were called sure. spokeswomen, and now that whole organization is getting pulled into the league, which is so exciting. I don't have time. Oh,
0: good. Okay. Well,
2: I don't, I, yeah, I don't have time to, to, to develop it the way, but but it it has built this group of like-minded women from all over the place, which is so fascinating.
1: To, mm-hmm.
2: to think that here we are in Greenville and I was able to create an idea that started a ripple around the country. It's just amazing to me and humbling. Yeah. But also when but, these guys did their webinar back in February, they now, we are, called, we as women are called the indicator species. We control 80% of the money and now we are the next direction in cycling.
0: Interesting isn't unbelievable, mhm, it is, it? but don't you think though, in some ways, I mean, if you look at what's happened when you first started out and whenever you tried to find female products that that you actually would like as a female that rode bikes. Um, You had so limited choices and you didn't have there wasn't even a lot of things being created in the marketplace. But by going ahead and kind of funneling this niche through the bike shop and that sort of thing, I'm sure that it's kind of propelled the development of more. Beautiful women's fitting bike clothes and other accessories that don't look like you're a professional racer and all these other things. Oh, you know, I mean, because it, it's it's developed its own your own marketplace, so to speak.
2: Well, so many things have developed for women, for women lately. Uh, in in the last few years, it seems like it 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 seemed like a few of us were, and, and there were a few before me. And then we started scraping, and then all of a sudden it just went like a mushroom cloud in the last Mm
1: -hmm. 12
2: months. And a lot of the stories are the same. I couldn't find anything, and I just said, you know, I'm going to go for it. And Mm -hmm. there are beautiful designers for commuting now. I have this Mm A-line skirt that I can wear, the pencil skirt. Oh, wow. With a hidden zipper that unzips all the way from the back of my knee to... So I can ride a bike, and Absolutely. then get to the office and you pull it down, and it's a beautiful pencil skirt with just a little bit of lycra in it. Uh huh. And unbelievable. Oh, the the, the commuter apparel, the the helmets, the accessories, the the handbags that you can now put on your purse that turn into a backpack, or the panniers, or all these things. Yes, they mm-hmm. just they just blossomed out of nowhere. And, yeah. but women that, some of who have been working for quite a long time to try to, to get a voice and be heard. So I just feel my, I feel very, very lucky to be in their company right now. But
1: mm-hmm.
2: it's, it's, it's a very exciting time. And I actually had an epiphany on like a Tuesday in February and decided to send an email <laughs> When nothing out. else was going on.
0: Right. right. I think
2: it was, <laughs> I remember it was like that day that it's not. And so I was home, yeah, uh-huh. and, and when I'm home and I think, which I don't give myself much time to to think because things typically happen that cause me <laughs> exhaustion. <laughs> but they, <Yeah. laughs> but I had an idea. i like, there are all these companies. I, I tried for a couple of years to figure out who I was. It's very, very dangerous as a business owner to not know who you are and to not know who you are or not.
0: Ah, Does that make sense? Yes, yes.
2: And for a while there, especially after my flood, and I was scraping at everything I could to keep alive. And I was bringing in brands because I didn't feel respected from the women that I'd cycled with for 20 years. And Mm -hmm. uh, they were going to the male-dominated shops because they were real bike shops. And I would get so frustrated. So I would try to compete with them with material and products. And why? I mean, you would come into my shop Mm -hmm. for a little bit and – and there was nothing different except for the decor. So I lost some of my momentum. And mm-hmm. I've been so blessed by people, my staff now, that some have come and relocated from very far away saying, I've been a fan of yours. You need me? I'm coming here. Yeah. And I love the team that we have right now that not only operate and keep We we keep talking about the brand. Who's the brand? Who are we? Who are we not?
0: Mm. Sure.
2: And so this snowy day in February, I decided that we needed to have a monthly celebration of a female entrepreneur in the cycling industry. So I'm calling it Pedal Chic Stars, and I'm giving this person online space in-store space and Mm -hmm. biographical space on the blog to tell her story and to hopefully put her product out to people that wouldn't normally see it. Wow. So I have a a lovely company, Tim McElhaney from Dude Girl. She's out in uh, on the West Coast. And Mm -hmm. we have her products, T-shirts and fun jerseys, colorful jersey sets in different colors than black.
0: Uh.
2: <laughs> and and different colors than pink, but there's something.
0: Awesome. Yes, that's true. The two,
2: two main core
0: colors, right? Yes. Black and pink for women. And,
2: and we have She Beast, which went through a major setback and then they got bought out and they, they were relaunching their product. So we have She Beast, and we're going to be highlighting a different woman. Now, my, my goal was to do a different woman every month this year, but then. When I started putting it all into work, it's like, oh gosh, this is taking a lot more, mm-hmm. re, a lot more mental resources and physical resources than I thought it would take. But the idea is that through social media and online and in store, we will we will be spreading the word through theoretically 13 different companies every month. Sure. To support each How other. Cross
0: pollination, you Correct. know, essentially.
2: Correct. And social media has been. Very, very powerful for for the growth of, of women cycling and for me
0: personally. Well, I I was going to say though, I know what you what you've done has empowered women. I mean, your story is empowering just because you know you you didn't have you didn't have anything handed to you. You had to go out and build something. You know, you you essentially had everything taken away from you. <laughs> A few but times. you you <laughs> well yeah. <laughs> Several times, and you finally said, I'm not just going to lay here and, and let this roll over me anymore, and I'm going to go do something. But, you know, you the, the thing is, is that you created, created an industry that didn't exist, and to do that or have the vision to do that and be able – to walk through that and all those trials that go through and just, you know, all the doubt. And I, you know, I cannot imagine trying to appear before a bunch of business people and having no data whatsoever that you could pull to even say, I mean, even if you had data that you could misrepresent or misinterpret, it seems like that would be better than, you know, not having that data, but to still pull it off and be able to, to stick with it. And, and, you know, I just, my hat's off because I, I salute you for doing that, for showing women that it can be done whenever there isn't something that already exists. And I love that you've done that. And, and within that, you've created all these other markets for um, the accessories and the, you know, I mean, there was no, there wasn't a commuter clothes five or six years ago for for biking? I mean I've never seen anything like that. Now, granted I'm not one of those that is in the high end bike shops, you know, with the sticker shock and the, the bike snobs and all that in there, but you know, you don't go to Academy Sports to get compute commuter bike clothes.
2: <laughs> it does well, happen. So. And and actually like with anything. When when people are are are, are expressing an argument about the safety of of, of cycling and walking I was lucky enough to be a speaker at Virginia Tech. It was my first paid speaking gig, and my my father was a collegiate professor, a university Mm -hmm. uh, excuse me a university president at one point. So when I showed him that check, that was my validation for living. Yeah, and (laughs) so that was a really awesome moment. But uh, one of the speakers had done enormous research, and I have a point that's going to bring it back, but enormous research on on the cycling in the Netherlands, and actually when you fill the roads with bikes and cars, the deaths and the accidents decrease because we are looking for one another.
1: Mm -hmm. And we are
2: looking for children walking or biking to school. You'll be less Mm -hmm. likely to hit a child walking or biking to school, likewise with commuters. So Mm -hmm. building safe streets and that whole infrastructure is better for the economy better for the environment blah 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 and I'm not sure. a real tree hugger i'm 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 a convenience freak but um
1: uh-huh. <laughs> i
2: but I would love the ability to live freer by bike i'd love yeah for my children to all be at a school where we could all go and everybody has a a good well rounded education place and mm-hmm. I live a mile and a half away from high school where my children go and we ride bikes and I take GoPros with me because it's a it's a lesson in, in life and death. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Right off Augusta Road in downtown Greenville. Yeah. And <laughs> yes. <laughs> and um oh, I'm like I don't know if this is a good test or if this is a bad mommy moment or <laughs> you know Yeah, am I either really smart or really stupid Really for doing stupid this, for right? doing this. But um but but then you know, that whole field of dreams, build it, they'll come. I mean, so, mm-hmm. I, I guess uh, to some degree that's what we've done. But also your point was that the commuter clothes, how do you find them? They're very expensive. Yes, they are very expensive mm-hmm. because they're expensive to make. But again, like with more people doing it, the less the more safe it will be, yeah. the more mm-hmm. prevalent it becomes the less expensive the materials will become because they are being created with not Mm -hmm. only wicking material but um, quick-drying and reflective. Yes. And there's a beautiful designer. There's probably some UV-type stuff too.
0: Okay. UV-type stuff too in the materials, I would imagine.
2: Absolutely. Lots of people with skin cancer that need to be completely covered up.
0: Mhm. Mm-hmm. And
2: there's usually forty in most of the clothing.
0: Oh, okay, okay.
2: That for cycling apparel and I think that I've had one designer say it's more but they're only allowed to say so much. Oh, I see. But the there, there are some really great designers and as with any designer, you know, they create these outlandish, pricey yeah crazy yeah. things that work in New York because they can. But
0: uh-huh. might I, not be functional first.
2: <laughs> correct. So I was supposed to be on the Today Show a couple of years ago. Oh yeah. wow. They called me and, and had me totally stage the store and I had all this product and it was a time of month when I would normally a time of year when I would normally never stop the store. hmm And really put me out on a limb two days before they fired the girl is now back on the show. I don't know, it's a it's a risky thing when you agree uh-huh. these shows they'll change their mind and can really put people in a bad position. So lesson learned but it yeah. <laughs> but I did bring in some really cool product and for a couple of weeks it was stayed in my store and people were able to come in and, and browse and discuss but mm-hmm. stuff that, that we're just not ready for yet here in uh-huh. Greenville. And, right. and so right. when you're on the cutting edge you can be on the cutting edge so much but then you have to mm-hmm. make a profit, <laughs> because true. that's true. That's true. What I was able to tell Georgina Terry is like, you know, I'm not a museum for cool stuff. I yeah I, <laughs> know, Eventually, <laughs> exactly. we got to have merchandise turns and everything got to turn gotta be it, yeah, profitable. But um, absolutely, uh, it can only be, I be think, a fun place for so long. I
0: I think what's so exciting is that you've given women in all across these industries input into making these, you know, because cause let's just face it, the stuff that you're coming in your store is not designed by men. It's not made most of the time by guys. Um, they, they've been making it all this time before, you know, the kind of the evolution you've started. And it just is good to see women having influence over their own product lines and their own, you know, the things that they're using. And I love that. I love that it's created that whole marketplace that women can use their talents and create things that we will actually use and love.
2: And most of the m- most of the problem for apparel and cycling was that it was cut short, it was cut for men, and it was cut on European sizing. And there's still... Several companies that do it. One company Mm -hmm. that's run by by a woman, but the majority of my customers want clothes that, if their jeans say small, then their top better says small. And if this top says extra large because it's cut European, they're not buying that top. Yeah,
0: you're exactly right.
2: And we want to we we want to feel pretty in what we wear, and we want to feel. we would rather buy a couple things than one very, very highly technical piece. Mm-hmm. The majority of women. Yeah,
0: Oh no, yeah, you're exactly right. Yeah.
2: Now you know, racers and 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 people that are working on their craft. That's completely different.
0: right. It's a completely different They're, conversation. Yeah. Sure. Exactly. Exactly.
2: But, but you're right, and and what I love is that we're we're seeing. Products cut for women by women using Pantone colors. So, what's the color yes. of the season?
0: Yes, yes, <laughs> Love that.
2: Yeah, and it, it. And for years, the palettes that were chosen, and and and, and right now, I've got a couple of. Uh, actually, one of the best compliments I had. I ran into a company about a month ago, and they are wanting to send us their samples. And have us do a show with our customers, and choose their palette for 2016. Oh
0: wow, that is so exciting!
2: Yeah, can you imagine? We can to yeah, no, that
0: I mean, to choose that's their, influence the
2: palette for for their company's cuts, and it, it's um humbling. <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> humbling. No, I would say. I mean, I would say that that is. Th- that is the ultimate compliment to be seen as um, someone who knows knows enough about what women in the biking industry are going going to want enough to help help lay out the designs for the coming year. I mean that that is a huge compliment. But you know, at the same time, Robin, the funny thing about it is, if you follow you guys on social media, I, I see that you're a lot of your clients are just regular everyday women who maybe haven't biked in 20 years, or maybe maybe they haven't had bikes since they were a kid, and now they're getting back into it. It's like they're finally coming around to saying, I need to do, kind of like you did, I need to do something for myself, and this feels good. And so, uh, you know, it's like perpetuating that it's okay to take time for you, especially whenever you want to be healthier and you want to feel better anyway. Biking is a perfect fit for that. And I love that your bike shop is not just about the professional Women who are out training for the triathlons and all these other things—that it's about just everyday women enjoying a hobby.
2: But, but we also can go out and train for triathlons. So what I want to—what yeah. <laughs> what I'm trying to do in—and—and where—what has been so difficult for us to try to project. I think if I had more square footage. Sometimes if I think I think if I had a little bit more money, a little bit more square footage, or a little bit more this, nice. <laughs> a little bit more no. budget to advertise. <laughs> what uh, I would love to have in my mind is that store where you walk in and you see that I I, I can almost see it in my head how I would lay out the store. Well, I can see it in my head how I would lay out the store, but. Um you know mm-hmm. a picture of a, a beach scene, and there's the bike and there's the outfit, and a picture of a road scene, and there's the bike and there's the outfit and a picture ah, of the mountain yeah. and 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 so forth, but all of that woman can be this woman and
0: ah, gotcha.
2: and you can do all of these things it's it's just a matter of of being uh, of, of being in an an environment where you're safe to or you feel safe and respected enough. Mm-hmm to ask the, as we say to each other, stupid questions, which are not stupid, Mm -hmm. um, (laughs)
1: and
2: and where you are taught Mm -hmm. how to operate this mode of transportation or act as, without being talked down to, and you are shown all the facets and why this price, this bike and this bike look the same, but this is this price and this is this price, and it's because of this stuff, and Uh it's, you can make it a very easy conversation. Sure. But well, one of the amazing things is putting a woman on a, a bike comes in and says, I'm not a cyclist, I'm 60 years old, whatever. Putting her on a <laughs> cruiser bike for the first time or a hybrid or whatever mm-hmm. to ride the swamp private trail. And then a year or two later, putting her on her first road bike and having uh. having her do Twenty twenty-five miles with their girlfriends for their mm-hmm. evenings out together, and then they could enjoy one or whatever. And they're yeah. in their sixties. And my girl, my, yeah. my 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 customer and friend now, girlfriend Barbara, who for her seventieth birthday competed in her first triathlon. She said she was the last across the finish line, but who cares? <laughs>
0: yeah, she did it. She did it. That's and you know that's the thing. It's it's kind of making biking for women like a lifelong sport in the same way that kind of golf is sometimes for men you know where you just it just evolves and you just keep doing it over the course of whatever age you are and you you're involved in different in different levels and different um intensities of it depending on where you are in your life but i love that you're making a lifelong sport because well, i think that's important
2: i'll have to tell you i i uh i i i so truly believe that. That I, I, I would like to say that this business is making a fortune, but I would also, <laughs> but, but realistically, uh, we're making a difference. And yes, I, I had a phone call today that really made my day. A, a couple of weeks ago, we have a three-wheel trike.
0: Uh huh.
2: In our store that one of our customers owns and says, just keep it here. I can't really cart it back and forth. It's an adult track. Mm-hmm. It's three wheels. So if you don't have mm-hmm. the stability to ride anymore, you can ride on the bikes and all over the floor. And a wellness director for a retirement center saw it in my store and said, oh my gosh, my residents would love this. So I took a day off recently and put that thing in my car and took it down there. And I had this delightful opportunity of seeing these people a couple of them that haven't been moving without something motorized or wow. someone pushing them get on a bicycle and oh wow go outside and loop around the parking lot of their own volition stable they're not going to fall and it was
0: mm-hmm.
2: it was amazing
0: it, it was amazing wow unbelievable yeah
2: and and you know it, it was amazing so lifelong absolutely
0: yeah, yeah, because it, it really it it can be adapted so easily for whatever stage you're you're in,
2: mm-hmm. and and it's when you when you get to experience life outside of the car, and you take yeah. a minute and you breathe, and I love to run. I'm a runner. I I I, I have my Good days and bad days running, and, and unfortunately, as I get older, threw out my back the other day for heaven's sake. Yeah. Never oh, done no. that. <laughs> oh
0: no! And, like
2: I was just walking, I was walking, oh, and I had my no. purse on my arm, and I <laughs> all of a sudden I couldn't walk anymore, and I thought, oh, here we go. And, wow! And mm-hmm. and I it is. And and running, you know, I, you can see, you know, four or five miles, but that's a very short distance in a very mm-hmm. slow amount of time if you're me. And and sure. and by bike it's 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 a really cool way of seeing I say so mm-hmm. many people that come into my shop that go on these European trips by bike and I envy them tremendously. That's my goal. Oh I can
0: imagine. Can, I can you imagine?
2: And what you get yes. to see.
0: Well and the thing the thing is on a bike, I mean, let's face it, there are you go riding down a hill on a bike and you don't realize that there are differences in temperature from the top of the hill to the bottom of the hill. Or you go through an area and there's there's a fragrance that you fragrance, didn't realize absolutely. something was in bloom. You know, I mean, it's just it's you experience things in a sensory fashion that you never get in. A, you don't even know are there when you're in a car. So it really is, I mean, I understand why it makes people feel alive because it really appeals to all the senses, you know, with the wind through your hair and then you feel the changes in temperature and you go over, you know, cross a bridge and it's got water underneath it. Boy, you're going to see a drop in temperature, you know, and just, it's just, it's very amazing to feel all that. I can imagine what it would be like in a country road in Europe somewhere doing that.
2: Well, and you were saying also at the very beginning of the interview about, Supporting local and and and
1: mm-hmm.
2: one of the interesting things as I as I get so deeply involved in kids biking the safe routes to school and the women's uh-huh. biking movement and what that means and and what women are afraid of, we study what what are the hindrances for women to get on on bikes and you know, mm-hmm. I I think that my purpose in life is to or one of the things that I'm I'm here to do is to make the experience of of entering the uh, recreation or the sport from a a, a retail perspective more pleasant. Mm -hmm. And if that's my little, if that's my little chapter in life, that's it. But whatever God gave to me, I'm I'm grateful to have it. Well,
0: that's a huge thing, though. That is is a huge, um, that's a huge influence to have.
2: Well, you know, and you've been... Been
0: successful at it, you know? (laughs) Well,
2: it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. But one of the things that I read a lot of is when people, we have such a, a political dichotomy between cyclists, roads, money on improving roads, but I'm here to tell you that there are so many people that are healthier now because of that small private trail that mm-hmm. would not oh, have yeah. ever been on a bike. There's a lovely gentleman who I just adore who came in, bought a bike. Bike shops are like car dealerships, so I basically have the territory from the brands that I sell. So, yes, uh-huh. I, I, do, okay. I do sell bikes to men, but sure. if um, – And I'll stock a few on the floor, but primarily, you know, my goal is to to grow women in the apparel and so forth. But this gentleman came in, and and he bought a bike for his wife, and he bought a bike for himself. So his doctor told him to go walk because he had heart problems, and then his ankle started hurting. So he told him to get a bike. And so after he'd gotten a bike for him and his wife and his daughter and a bike rack and a a bike for his granddaughter, he came in and he goes, look and he just told me to get a glass of red wine once a night. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> well, don't you feel better?
1: <laughs> he said, "Yeah." You
2: know, what you <laughs> well. Maybe, maybe in the short run. But anyway, we like, became we became such good friends, and I. I absolutely love watching watching the family. But um, he, but but one of the things that that we learn about putting in bike lanes and bike parking and different things like that is that. You, the the stores profit, and it's usually yeah. local small business owners that mm-hmm. will put themselves because the uh, anthropologists of the world that are able to pay four to five times a square foot what we can pay are mm-hmm. banking on high traffic sure. uh, of a different genre, where we're able or we have to go in places that are tucked away or unseen. Mm-hmm. And those are usually places that you can get to safely by bike, and and it breeds again what you were talking about, local economy and things lo- like that. The local community, yes,
0: and you know so many local areas um across the country and communities across the country where there are thriving local business communities it is also a hotbed for the biking community Correct. i mean you see it with i mean you look look at portland and seattle and Minneapolis. I mean, these are these are all places that I know just from my interviews that they have a thriving local business community, and they're also huge biking communities. And people, you know, it's funny because I, I saw something the other day with this girl in, Port, in Portland was talking about. Well, here I am at the bike shop buying a bike because I'm in Portland, and all my friends frown on me because I don't own a bike yet. <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's that kind of mentality. You yeah. know, like you're nobody until you have a bike, and so you know, I welcome that and I think there's areas of downtown Greenville that have has started coming back and building that local community. You know, when I first came to Greenville, Main Street was was pretty much boarded up and oh, yeah. you know, it was it was you know, it was scary to go down there at night and look at it now and the West End used to be nothing but boarded up and industry and it's just it's grown and these it's these small, unique bo- boutiques that have come along that have provided the fabric of that little segment of the community right there. And that's, that's what we're all about is promoting that as opposed to the big urban sprawl um, shopping centers out, you know, that have, you know, so much space for parking because everybody's got to drive to it. And there's no, there's no uniqueness and there's just no character to it. You know, I love the main street areas, you know, and that's, that's what the local communities are about. And that's, that's where biking comes in as well.
2: Well, and there's, there's so much to be said for slowing down a bit. And yes, the, my my manager actually doesn't own a car, and she is just this beautiful woman with you know, um, very ec- eclectic. She's chosen to live life by bike, and it takes more planning.
1: Mm-hmm. It's
2: definitely been a tough year because of all the rain.
1: Sure. But
2: it's it's been it's been in, in, illuminating and enlightening for me to watch her because I would love to live that way mm-hmm. if I didn't have to leave at two thirty and go to carpool line and go pick up. my kids. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right, which which I would love <laughs> like them to be able to kids. bike to bike home, but it's like eight miles mm-hmm. down Pleasantburg. Who's going to put their
0: uh, yeah yeah? The Not goodness. a great bike lane there. Yeah.
2: So, but, but you but, know, I think your, your manager,
0: though, I mean, in reading about her from your blog and that sort of thing, she came, I mean, she was doing that in an area that had much worse weather Detroit. than Greenville does. Yes. And to, to bike every day to work for however many years she's done that in Detroit, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it really, you you have to be committed to it. And that's a value and that's a lifestyle choice that she's made. And kudos to her for Living out her values in her her you know job and in her life and having all those things in alignment.
2: And she never talks about dieting. I,
0: I can't imagine why she doesn't have to worry about that <laughs> no. because she's active
2: all the time. Active all the time, and it's not and it's not brutal activation. I think we as Americans, right. it's just like with yoga. I used to teach yoga, and yoga was yoga. Well, now it's hot yoga and it's acrobatic <laughs> yoga. And, you know, we gotta, we gotta Americanize it and take it to the nth elevation of yeah. danger. And yeah. really, we can't <laughs> just do it. So actually, it's lovely seeing her just do it.
1: And, mm-hmm. and
2: I, I also have another couple of customers, it's a couple that are friends of mine that committed very, you, you wouldn't have selected a, a 50 of my friends and said, Oh, these are the ones that are living by bike. Nope. You wouldn't have chosen it ever. Wow! And they have decided to make that commitment, and I I got the chance to visit with them the other day, and um, the the wife is telling me that husband's lost all this weight, and usually, you know, they're the ones that lose the the weight the first, always. I don't know why. Right?
0: Yeah, the guys. Yeah, but
2: (laughs) it's wrong. But she said more than that. When we used to come home, so tired after work, we both have all this energy, and wow, more of a more of a positive attitude towards things, mm-hmm. and and it's exciting. It's fun to to listen to those people who mm-hmm. it's it's more inspiring when somebody has led a different life and has challenged themselves. I think. Then right, and
0: now they're feeling more connected, and they feel more connected to each other. They feel more connected to their life. You know, it's it's a different pace
2: when. When um, I I I've been single for um, over a decade now, and I I started dating this guy a while, a while back. I said, if you if you if you want to see me between the months of March <laughs> and October, then I suggest you learn to ride a bike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I. Uh, there you go. That's a deal breaker. <laughs> well, part part of part of what we work so hard to do, which seemed like a good idea at the time until I didn't factor in the, oh, my gosh, I'm like exhausted part. But <laughs> we do three group rides a week. So uh, okay. two of them are very casual. One where I take women on a, a little bit more challenging road ride, nothing crazy, but
1: mm-hmm.
2: but this spin ride, which we do on Wednesday nights, which is all about community, we we jokingly call it Spin and sip. you bring your own bike and we... Hang out on the patio and, and have community, but it's turned into couples, friends, men, women, whatever. Lots of new people into town. It's kind of a real welcome wagon thing, if you want, but just a really awesome way to just spend some time with somebody. And sure, you're not trying to beat any clock. You're not Mm-mm. in performance gear. Measuring and, your heart rate or anything. <laughs> right. You're leaving the power meter at home. There's a place and time for that. But just getting out and you find out, you know, that first maybe 20 minutes you're still anxious and you're, and then, then, you know, that next couple of minutes you're, you're feeling a little bit better. And then by the time you get back to the shop, you're actually smiling again and you don't, know, life yeah. isn't that, you do smell some of the things, flowers blooming and, Sure. looking in oh my gosh isn't that pretty and I haven't seen that
0: before uh-huh. and huh yeah. okay didn't realize there was a garden back behind that house Absolutely. oh my gosh what a cute little yeah it, it it is amazing it's like your senses just come alive whenever you have all those things to take in and I'm, I'm just glad that you're um you know in in the course of building your business you're also building community and you're building community through your customers and through the events that you do and those kind of things and one of the things I wanted to um, I I do I'm gonna um, on our show notes for this podcast I'm gonna hook up uh, link up to all your um, places we can find you online and the um, Instagram and the Twitters and the Facebook and your website and all that kind of thing but is there anything you wanted to promote with your with what's going on with um, Petal Chic right now some of the things you guys have for spring because I know it's a very busy time of year for you.
2: Yes, we go from zero to 150 in eight seconds, from (laughs) March to April.
0: And this year it couldn't come a moment too soon with our winner. Not a moment
2: (laughs) too soon. The bike industry does not want to relive 2013. I will tell you, the outdoor industry, retail, doesn't want to relive 2013. But uh, we, we... do, well, I sponsor, and I have for the last four years, the all-women's triathlon. And I know that the word triathlon sounds scary. Uh-huh. I know, more than anybody.
0: <laughs>
2: you were the one scared by it, right? Correct. But we sponsor the all-women's. And we when, when I first started sponsoring it, I said, you know, I'm not going to put my name on a T-shirt and be done with it. I'm going to have to go, you know, a little bit robbing on you. And that means yeah. I'm going to go <laughs> love a little bit over the top and we have to have uh-huh. a launch party. And then we're going to do training clinics because I remember my first triathlon and I was terrified and I don't yeah. want anybody to be terrified. So we do these clinics in conjunction with Tindra Garrett over at the life center. And we do the launch event, which, which is, which is actually coming up. So by the time this airs, it will have already happened, but it's actually coming up this okay. Thursday. And then okay. After that, we sign up for clinics to teach you how to do different parts of the trap line, which is so much fun. So okay. people will be able to sign up for the Yugo Girl. It is not until July, and it's a tiny trap line. It's a lines are not all the same length. Sprint triathlons right. vary in the length of the swim, the bike, and the run. So this is a 250-meter swim, a 10-mile bike, and a two-and-a-half-mile run. Very doable. Okay.
0: Very manageable. Absolutely. Very manageable.
2: And there are, are, are people of all ages, shapes, sizes, moms, daughters, grandmothers, whatever, and we have a blast. And it's all about empowering one another and encouraging one another. It's It's, it's a great event. What a great
0: entry point for someone to try to get into doing a triathlon. I mean, that's a great one to start with.
2: Oh, yeah. Great. It's great. Very early on a Sunday morning, uh, very, very little personality damage can be done that day. (laughs) 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 We have have a lot of fun. We have a lot of fun. But the next big event, May, is Bike Month.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. May so you've got time, a lot going
2: on. Okay. Yes, nationally. So it's National Bike to Work Day, Bike to School Day, Commuter Day, you name it. So there's a huge calendar that
1: mm-hmm.
2: it's so exciting because this is the first time since I've been open and that I really remember where there are so many facets of Live Well, Greenville, and Bikeville and the rec department and spinners and everybody's trying to get – involved I mean it's hard when we all come from so many different places but we're all trying to make an impact so this bike build month I, I'm sure you'll see a lot but mm-hmm. as far as specific events at our shop we will have we have our calendar which will be listed on the website for our event okay
0: we'll link up to that and definitely. we
2: will do our weekly rides and then we will be doing specific events around bike month. To su- okay. support either there is one big ride that a friend of mine started called Cyclofem,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and it's always on Mother's Day, which oh okay uh, I wish it was the day before Mother's Day because Mother's Day is right. hard on on those of us, especially with young exactly. kids we, we that did, are mothers. Yeah, yeah, we'd love to sleep in, and usually we're getting kids ready for <laughs> church, but exactly right. But um, it's every Mother's Day, and it's it's a it's a global event to get more women on bikes. So mm-hmm. globally, and I don't know how many countries she's gotten involved right now, but globally women sign up with a local ride to ride to represent women. So it's 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 really cool and it's called Cyclofem and wow. we, we will have the ride posted.
0: Perfect. Okay. Excellent. And, and I'll so definitely link up.
2: Yeah, so that's probably the biggest thing that we'll do. Um along with being present at Artisphere and some of the other things that are mm-hmm. going on. And okay. and then this summer, we are trying to pull off a Pedal Chic tour.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
2: I don't know if we'll be able to do it this summer. It may be October, but there are a lot of groups that do these rides where you go and you ride 50 miles each day or whatever.
1: Yes. Uh huh.
2: We, we want to do a weekend retreat where you come in – do some wine tasting, you go for a ride, you get a massage, you get yoga, you learn some basic maintenance skills, you Mm -hmm. learn great tips, you see great fashion, you eat great food, and you ride some more.
0: Wow. Love that. You know, we see that in the Keys all the time. We see the rides from Miami to Key West.
2: And well, yeah. Did I get great, back or did they say great,
0: yeah. <laughs> It's great fun, I tell you. It's, it's fun to even watch, you know, because wow. they really get into it and have a good time. But I love that kind of thing because it just, it really creates a, a atmosphere um, that that you can't just create. It, it's different than a, a competition or a race or something like that. It's just, it's more about, the event and the fellowship that you have, and the community that you're building along the way, rather than times and results and you know rankings and that sort of thing. So I love that.
2: Yeah, unfortunately, this the the biking world is, is can be very very competitive, and and that's all got its Performance, place. Yeah,
1: and mm-hmm. and that's, it does. Yeah, oh and that's absolutely. wonderful.
2: I, I tell you, and you know, I said very early on, I I loved being able to say, I can ride up here with the guys. I mean, that was very empowering.
0: Yes. Absolutely. I get
2: that, too. I, get that
0: too. I, mean, I <laughs> It is, and I think it, so many women, you know, don't have the time to dedicate to any kind of training and that sort of thing. So I think even for women that, you know, physically could do it and would love to do it, it seems like their lives get so compartmentalized with all the other things that they have to do that that never ranks high enough as a priority to actually pursue that, you know. And so it's it's a tough, tough thing to have to just be a hobbyist whenever you really know you could skill level wise be ranking higher than that
2: yes and and as women we 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 feed ourselves last, don't we <laughs> yes
0: yes yes, yes, absolutely, yes,
2: so hopefully one one of the great things about community is that you can get yourself fed and get to work at the same time. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> which I love. Which I love. But, um, but it, it, there's, there's, we, we don't know if we're going to pull that off in June and then July's mm-hmm. the, the triathlon. But the one very, very huge, amazing thing this year is the Paralympic Worlds. Okay. Are in Greenville in September.
0: Oh, we, okay. We
2: used to have the U.S. Pro Championship, which was, mm-hmm. you know, the whatever, guys. But the Paralympic worlds are are something to be seen. We had the trials here last year and until I remember that, yeah and so you have seen a side challenged person ride on a tandem bike
0: mm-hmm.
2: and um and and someone physically challenged really do some amazing things it's 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 very beautiful.
0: Yeah. And it's. I was going to say it's inspiring and it's motivating mm-hmm. for people that have um, maybe let their lives or even their physicality, their their physical fitness, get a little bit out of control. And, you know, realizing that you're not as impaired as somebody who has a physical limitation, but yet you're not even living up to your potential is, is very, it's very motivating. And so I'm sure people see that and think, you know, I've got to get in gear. I've just been lazy
2: well in in these environmental not environmental excuse me, but well, environmental, but also um just just economic times it's it's so yeah. easy to get frustrated
1: mhm,
2: and one of the best ways to get out of that frustration is to is just get out of yourself a little bit and sure. and for me mentally, when I am able to get my body moving. It, it's better for my mind, and, sure. and, and 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 biking just happened to be my lifesaver and now my life calling. And
0: yes, <laughs> and look, the world is better for it. Most definitely, you've, well, you've definitely made an impact.
2: I appreciate you saying you that. Have. I, I hope well, so. You know, as, as mothers or parents, we always feel, gosh, like that day, you know, and I couldn't remember my kid's shoe size. Yeah. Sometimes when I I'm um, my daughter's going to Disney world for spring break this year for the sixth sixth time. I'd, I've never been there.
0: <laughs> oh, and wow. Unbelievable. I,
2: and I, it breaks my heart that I'm not there with her, but
0: mm-hmm.
2: one day we were riding down the road and she rides horses and she said, you know what? And I'm older. I think I'm going to start a horse farm, you know, cause I can you can do it. I can do it. Oh, and I thought,
0: wow, that's the example. That's, yep.
2: that's the gift. So <laughs> we have to, we have to always be thinking what, what, what possibly it, or, well, I have to always be thinking uh, what possibly could be the beauty out of all of this. And, mm-hmm. and I, I appreciate so much that, that you included me in your show. And, and I, I'm so humbled and grateful and hopefully. If I, well, I
0: tell you, we have been, I mean, I have, I, I'm just, I'm thrilled that we love to talk to other women entrepreneurs here and to see somebody who's done what you've done and to share your story. Women, men, business owners alike are all going to be inspired by it. And, um, I just wish you all the success in the world. You've been extremely generous with your time and I know you're a very busy woman and it's a very busy time of year for you and um, for you to take the time. And you're a fabulous storyteller and I love hearing your story. I could, I could pick your brain for hours and uh, you know, maybe there'll be another time and another place for a part two. um, But I definitely appreciate uh, all you've shared with us today and, just am honored and thrilled to have been able to talk to you and get get first hand uh seat for your story. So I love hearing it and love what you've done and I can't wait to see all the things that you're going to continue to do throughout the year and I hope I hope 2014 is a record setting year for you instead <laughs> of a, a one like a record setting 2013 which was a probably a bad record setting type thing. So um well, but it's just it's just been an honor.
2: Thank you so much. Well it's, um it's it's going to be it's going to be a great year and no matter what happens, there's always going to be something next. And I think that one of the mm-hmm. things that this whole experience has taught me is from my faith point of view, which I mm-hmm. hope it's okay that I share, but absolutely. It's, absolutely. It's, it's not just that prayers will be answered, but how prayers will be answered. So I no longer um. worry that. They'll be answered I just wonder how sometimes in yes. a way that I could never have anticipated for myself true or worked harder for but mm-hmm. in the end i'm I'm hopeful that it will be positive for not just me and my kids but but hopefully for for others too oh if
1: yeah you-
0: and you you're you're building a legacy for not just your your and your children and but you know for also other women. I mean there are other women today that are in business living their dream because you paved the way. And so that's that's part of your legacy and and to your credit. So thank you for doing that for women.
2: Oh thank you so much. I humbled again.
0: <laughs> but I just say- Well, Robin, I thank you so much for your time and I was also gonna ask you if you could um if you wouldn't mind emailing me the picture to go along with your um thing on your uh whenever we post your uh, pod, uh the interview oh okay. if you can email it to me that would be fantastic and um, just we just want to help get the word out about what you're doing and you know there might be other people that want to shoot you never know you might end up with pedal chic franchises all over the place so you um, never know you never know (laughs) where it's gonna go so you definitely got you know figured out a successful business model and so people would do well to mimic what you're doing so um, I appreciate again your time and at a busy time of the year for you and taking time to uh, come on our little show here and try to get the word out and uh, it's just been a pleasure
2: oh it's been so great thanks for
0: enduring me localist i need your help if you've appreciated this podcast today i need you to go to itunes leave a rating leave a review tell us what you think about the podcast it is so important for us to expand our reach to be able to have those itunes ratings and reviews that way other people can find us much easier whenever they're looking for things about local brick and mortar businesses so go to itunes leave us a review leave us a rating you cannot imagine and how important it is to us you can find show notes to everything we discussed in this podcast on our website so go there it's www.brickandmortarreporter.com. you can see all the links to anything we discussed and also you can leave us any comments or any questions that you have it's the best way to get in touch with us
1: Thank you for listening to the Brick and Mortar Reporter Podcast, where we build businesses all day long with no permits. Remember, local businesses are the backbone of our economy. So, whenever you have the opportunity, choose local.